Uh, excited about this one. This one's going to take us through most of the fall, if not through the rest of the year. And uh, so we're super excited about this and uh, what is going to be happening as we talk about this. This sermon series is going to be one that's going to be something that spills over um, in time. That's just going to help us just to get some direction and guidance of what God's doing in us. And, and really hopefully gives us direction as, uh, of what we um, want to do as a church, what we are called to do as a church, and what we're called to do as individuals. And that is to help people know that they're is a hope in this world, that there is reason to hope, and that hope is not a fake hope, it's not an inconsistent hope, but it's a real, true, life-changing hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. And uh, so we're calling this hashtag Project Hope, um, so that way we can have a little bit of fun with it as we go through the sermon series, but also, too, just to know that we're part of that, right? That it's a project, it's not just something that's out there, but it's us, right? We get to be a part of this and sharing the hope of the world, sharing Jesus Christ with people, and uh, so we're super excited about kicking this sermon series off. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about as I was going through and just um, preparing for the sermon series is um, even just preparing for today was just thinking about what God uh, wanted to speak. I just started thinking about the fall and started thinking about sports and all of that stuff. And how many of you would consider yourself athletic people? You would consider yourself athletic? All right. How many of you consider yourself semi-athletic? Semi, like you don't trip if you're on the basketball court, all right? Okay, all right. How many of you consider yourselves lucky if you can walk in this room just because it's a basketball court? All right, there you go, okay. All right, so yeah, I would find myself in between number two and three somewhere, right? It just depends on the day, it depends on the sport. I would love to be more athletic. I would, excite, I would be way more excited to be an athletic person, but I'm not, and I never really have been. Um, I can remember the, the first sport that I started playing as a kid was soccer. Um, love soccer, right? I can remember being out on the soccer field, just running up and down the field, making it look like I was doing something, but the whole time I was sitting there just going, I hope the ball doesn't come to me. I hope the ball doesn't come to me, right? Has anybody ever been there? Like, I'm willing to put in the work. I'll do whatever I can. I will run in front of somebody and make them fall, right? I will do whatever I can. I will be a roadblock. I'll be an obstacle, but I do not want to be the guy in the possession of the ball, right? All right, so I remember that. I remember being in baseball on third base. Um, I got moved to third base. I actually wasn't bad at pitching, um, and so and it also justified me being a really bad, really bad batter, right? Um, but we moved, and the team that I was put on, they needed a third baseman, so I had a little bit of an arm because I'd been pitching for a while. So they put me on third base, and I remember being on third base the entire time on third base, just going, "Oh God, I hope this doesn't hit me in the face. I hope this doesn't hit me in the face. I hope they strike out. I hope they go to the other other side of the field." Right? I just remember just having. I, I never have been that guy that's like, I want the ball. I want to make this happen, right? I'm going to score the touchdown that's never been me, right? Is anybody else in with me on that, right? Okay, are there a couple of you? All right, all right. You're, it's good, all right? It's okay. You can make it in this world, right? You have purpose in this world. Do not feel defeated just because you're not an athletic person, all right? But my unathleticism, it's spilled into many other things, right? It's spilled into my ability to pick unathletic teams, Right, if that makes sense. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan and have been since I was 10 years old. The Orioles have been awful my entire life, right? Awful my entire life. All our claim to fame was is that we had a guy that played for a lot of games and never stopped playing, right? That was our win. That was our yay for a long time, right? Is that Cal Ripken was our shortstop. He played the most games. We called an Iron Man. He just didn't get colds and everybody else did, right? I mean, that's just really what it amounts to. Um, and then also, too, I picked the Miami Dolphins as my football team, right? I picked them as my football team when I was a little kid. We lived near Miami, and I picked the Dolphins. They've been horrible my entire life, right? We had Dan 
Marino, again, a guy who played a lot of games, threw a lot of balls, right? Had a lot of touchdowns, passed a lot of yards, right? Never won a ring, never any of those things, right? But I've stayed faithful to both of those teams, even though they haven't excelled, right? It's all right. It's my fault. I chose them. They've been there. Last week, I remember even standing up here last week, they played the New England Patriots, and I remember standing up here, and I was just like, you know what? How many of you guys are ready today to see the Dolphins destroy the Patriots, right? And you guys did that, right? You left. You left. Then I said, no, seriously, Tannehill's going to take it, and he's going to dominate this game, and they're going to shut down Tom Brady. That's what I said, right? And then you guys all laughed even harder, right? How many of you guys know last week that's exactly what happened, right? Tannehill shut down, right? He, he took over to control of the game, right? And they shut down Tom Brady. In the second half, the Patriots didn't score anything. We outscored them 23 to nothing. Our one running back had more yards. He had almost four times more than their entire running team, right? That's what happened in the second half against the Patriots. It was beautiful. It was awesome. I stood up here, and I said, you know what? That's going to happen. And then I buckled. I said, I know, I don't have the faith that it's going to happen either, right? And I just kind of joked and we moved on, right? So today to redeem that and try to make that better, I was given a jersey recently for the Miami Dolphins, right? And I laughed because it was Tannenhill, who I've made more fun of than I made of Tony Romo. <laughs> but this is the Miami Dolphins right here, right? They won. They destroyed the Patriots. And so I'm going to wear this with confidence the entire sermon today, right? Because I had weak faith, weak hope last week. And now I believe I have faith that Tannenhill is the man and he's going to do something this year. Who's with me on that? It's going to happen this year. It's going to happen. All right. So you're talking about hope, right? We joke around about it, but I mean, seriously, right? We go through life. How many of you have been there in those moments, right? I hope this doesn't happen, right? Or we say, I hope this does happen, right? Basically, hope for us in our modern time has is, is become a, a, an exchangeable word for wish, right? I wish this would happen. I wish this wouldn't happen, right? We just walk through life with this, this mindset, this mentality that says, man, I just wish that something would be different, and the truth of the matter is there's something powerful about that because each and every one of us, we've got this capacity to hope. We've got this capacity, each and every one of us, to see something that could be that is not yet. We have that capacity in each and every one of us. But I think what happens is, is that we shift and we misunderstand what it is to truly hope, to really see the power of that capacity. And in such, we miss what our relationship with God could be and the impact that we could have on this world. And so this morning, we're going to take some time just to begin to lay out what hope really is. And we're going to look at what hope is and how hope could be the thing that changes our very lives and how we live our lives out. And so today, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 15, verses 13. And then we're going to move to one other verse here in a little bit. But if you can, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 15, verses 13. And uh, we're going to read this scripture. And then we're going to jump into this this morning. This idea of Project Hope, how we can bring hope to this world because we have the hope to give. Father, we just pray right now in this moment that you will be with us as you already have been. God, that your presence will be known to us, that we will experience you. God, that we will hear you. Honestly, God, even as I get ready to speak this, you know where I'm at and you know what's going on in my life and this is... 
and my own feelings, not something that I can, in this moment, preach with confidence. But God, out of my knowledge of who you are, out of the knowledge of what you've done for me, God, I know and believe that you are the hope of this world. So God, not how I feel, not how we feel, not what we wish for, but God, may in a profound way, may in a supernatural way, God, may you give us a confidence in the hope of Jesus Christ today, the finished work of Jesus Christ today. God, may we walk out with that. God, may that be so. In the name of Jesus, amen. Romans chapter 15, if you got it, say, I got it. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, if you didn't say that, either you're still asleep or you don't have your Bible and you can just look on your neighbor's. And if you don't, if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, just listen and just trust that I'm truly reading from Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is here at the Waynesburg campus. We're going to focus on this verse for the next uh, few weeks, months. We're going to break this down, just look into some different things, and let this be the guiding post for us as we talk about hope and what hope is today. I want to lock in on that phrase. I pray that God, the source of hope. And uh, so today what I want to talk to you first about is, is just this idea of what hope is. And, and so to do that, I want to go to another uh, passage. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6. If you want to turn your Bibles there to Hebrews chapter 6. My first point for you today is as we talk about Project Hope and what, as we talk about who we are as a church, what God's called us to do as a church, as followers of Christ, what we're supposed to do and, and what we should know. My first, for, my first point for you today is, is a source of our hope determines the certainty of our confidence. The source of our hope determines the certainty of our confidence. So here's the deal with this is that our source of hope is strictly based on what our, our ability to have confidence in what we're supposed to do or what God's called us to do or just how we live our lives. It's based on what our source of hope is. When I look at myself when I was a kid and when I was doing sports, I was not an athletic person, right? So when I walked around, I was wishing, I was hoping for something other than what could have happened, right? I wanted the ball to stay away from me because my confidence in my ability was super low right? I didn't have the confidence that if I got the ball, I had the skills necessary to make something happen, right? That's where I was at. Oftentimes in life, when we go through what we are doing, whether it's our job, whether it's parenting, whether it's being a spouse, whether it's dating, whether it's being a student, whatever it is, if we're fulfilling uh, some dream that we have, or we just feel like we're just doing a job to make ends meet, when we walk through our lives, what our ability is, our sense of what we want to have happen, what we wish to happen, our feelings towards what is taking place, it's found in our confidence in what we are doing. If we love what we're doing and we feel that we're called to do it and we feel that we're skilled at it, then we have this capacity to hope for much more than what we're experiencing. If we don't have a capacity to have confidence, if we just kind of feel like, you know what, I, I'm just not winning, I'm not doing well, I'm just kind of struggling at things, then our ability to dream, our ability to hope is limited. Are you guys tracking with me? Our source of confidence determines our level. I'm going to say this again because I keep messing it up. I'm going to get it right. It's all right. I got notes, all right? The source of our hope. There we go. That's what I'm talking about as a hope series, right? The source of our hope determines the certainty of our confidence. 
right? That source of hope, if we're hoping in ourselves and if we're hoping in our abilities and our confidence is going to be low. If we're walking through our jobs and we're just saying, you know what, I, you know, today I'm just going to go and I'm just going to do this thing. I don't want to be there. I don't want to experience anything today. I don't want to hang out with the people that are there. I don't want to talk to them, right? If we, we're walking in that and this is like, you know what, I just need this paycheck to make it by. If our source of hope is this paycheck, right, then our confidence to do that job, our confidence to live our life throughout the rest of the week is going to be super low. It's going to determine how we look at everything else. It's going to determine what we do. Hebrews chapter 6 is going to take us a little bit deeper in this. In verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I mean, that's just pretty awesome right there, right? When you just think about that, right? He had no one greater to swear by, so he swore by himself, right? I mean, that's just awesome, right? Right? I mean, you're just talking to people, just like, you know what? I tell you what, and you just start, you know, you just say something, right? You just like, and I'm telling you what, in the name of Jesus today, like when I'm talking to my kids, right? <laughs> today, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to take you out. You're going to learn today, right? And I just start talking about it, there's somebody greater, right? There's somebody greater than me. God, he's like, no one's greater. I am myself, right? So he's like, you know what? I swear on me, right? In my name, I'm going to. This is God. This is how powerful he is. It's awesome. You're not tracking with me. It's all right. Verse 14, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and all the disputes and oath is final for, for confirmation. Verse 17, so when God desired to show more conceivably to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his promise, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Listen, if you think about this and start breaking this down, we're going to use the image of an anchor today. I don't know how many of you are boating people. You like to go out on boats and you have any knowledge of anchoring. I do not, right? I'm not really a boating expert. Haven't gone on boats much. I really don't grasp the concept of an anchor. It seems way smaller than a boat, right? But it yet can hold the boat in place, right? It's baffling to me. It's baffling to me that boats even float. So maybe I'm just a simple person, right? So let's go with an anchor, right? We all know that whether we know how they work or not, that anchors, they secure boats into their place on this body of water. They keep the boats where they're supposed to be, right? So scripture uses this idea, this concept of what an anchor is. You can't see this concept in the Old Testament. You see this in the New Testament, probably because it's more prevalent and, and the idea is there. But as we go on and just look at this and we think about the anchor, there's just a couple things I want to pull out today that we can apply for ourselves. One, I want us to look at the fact that the anchor is something that is outside of the ship. The anchor is something that is outside of the ship. Oftentimes when we think about hope and we think about our lives and we have this desire for a situation to be different or a situation to be better, we try to look inward and we try to find the hope inward for our situation. 
So when we're looking at our situation and we say, you know what? Our marriage is not the way that it should be. I wish that it would be better. So we say that. I wish it would be better. I would hope it would be better. I hope that I could be the husband that you need me to be. And so what do we do? We turn inward. I'm going to start doing some things that I need to do. I'm going to start changing some stuff that I need to change. I'm going to start speaking differently. I'm going to start showering more, right? We start going through and saying, you know, I'm going to pick up my socks and underwear off the floor. I'm going to do these things, right? So we start looking inward because we have this hope of seeing something that isn't a reality. And we see it. It isn't a reality, but we see that it could happen. So we start saying, how can it happen? How can it take place? And we start looking inward. The anchor is something that is outside of the ship. The anchor is something that is separate from the ship. If it didn't have the chain, it would be in its own thing. It is not attached. There's not many things on a ship that are not welded to the ship. The anchor itself is outside of the ship. The anchor for our souls is not what we can do. The anchor for our souls is not the things that we can make right out of our own doing and our own strength. Their anchor for our soul is not our ability to reason and find out situations and find the way to fix something. The anchor for our soul is outside of us. The anchor for our soul is something that is apart from us, but yet wants to be attached to us, that wants to become a part of us. The anchor of our soul is Jesus Christ. He is the anchor that holds us firm. He is the anchor that holds us Still, Jesus is the anchor. The big deal about this is, if you go on and as we read here in verse 20, it says, Jesus has gone as the forerunner on our behalf, having become the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And he talks about, in verse 19, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. See, an anchor, the way it works, it goes into the water, it goes to the darkest parts of the waters where we can't see. It reaches the soil, the soil of the ground. And it, what it does is it's got these two little claws, right? And these claws reach in and they dig down deep until they can find something to secure themselves down. The anchor itself digs down deep, hits a rock, and it stays up against the rock. And then it keeps the boat sure. It keeps it tight, as some people, I understand, boat people to say, right? It keeps the boat tight, right? Well, as you go through and you think about this and you look at this, Jesus being the anchor, he is someone who has done what we cannot ourselves do. When it talks about Jesus went through the curtain, there's two prophetic instances to this. Now, when we talk about hope, we also we have to know that hope is talking about two things. One, it talks about the future, and it talks about things that are invisible. Hope is the future and things that are invisible, right? So hope is what could happen what we want to have happen, what we desire to happen, and it is at the same time something that we may never actually see or actually be able to touch. And sometimes hope is both of those things working together. See, Jesus is the anchor to our souls. He is our hope. Jesus himself is outside of us, and when we are attached to Christ, we can find the security, we can find the connection that we need to be able to stay where we are supposed to be. So if you think about the anchor, and you think about the way that it is secure, an anchor goes out, digs itself down deep where it doesn't work. So this idea of going through a curtain, Jesus, when he died on the cross, it talks about a prophecy that the curtain was torn in two. 
I don't know if you've heard this or you've read this in the Bible, but when Jesus died on the cross, it fulfilled a prophecy. And actually what it was happening in the temple, there was this curtain that was up, and only certain priests at certain times were able to go behind the curtain. That's where God's presence was. That's where he was. And that's where they went to encounter God. They had to go through certain rituals. They had to do all these certain things, make sure all the stuff was just right to be able to go behind that curtain. When Jesus died on the cross... That curtain was ripped in half, and that curtain no longer exists because our ability, our, 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 our connection to God is not based on a man that is living amongst us, that is walking amongst us, doing the right things at the right time, wearing the right shoes, wearing the right hats, doing the right stuff, going in behind some curtain. Our ability to connect with God is just based on our ability to call out and say, God, I need you. God, you're mine. That curtain has been torn. We have full access to be able to go to God. At the same time, there's this future aspect of the prophecy as well. There's this curtain that exists between now and the future. There is this place that exists where we are experiencing what we're experiencing here and now, but there is a yet to come. And God himself, he is aware of all of those things God is sitting above the timeline of our, our lives, and he's sitting there. He can see the past and the future. He can see the now. He sees it all as one. And he's sitting there, and that curtain of time is something that Jesus himself has gone through. And when we connect ourselves to Christ, what we are doing, because he's gone through that curtain and he has given us access to God and relationship with him, and because he has now gone through time and he's sitting in heaven, we are able to be anchored to what God wants to do in our lives and anchored to what God has done in our lives. And that anchor is Jesus Christ. We are be able to found secure in what has happened through Christ and what can happen through Christ. We now have a reason to hope. Because our reason is not based off of what we have done or what we could do. Our reason to hope is based off of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and what he has promised to do in the future. We are able to hope and we are able to stand strong because Jesus is our anchor. He's outside of us. And so when we go through life and we try to find a reason to hope and we start looking at our situations and we say, I wish this was different. I wish this would change. What we need to say, instead of saying, how can I change that? We need to say, this is yours. God, I'm going to take my life. I'm going to take what's going on in my life currently and presently. And I'm going to make sure that Jesus is my anchor. And I'm going to make sure that he secures me and he keeps me where I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to get distracted by what I think I can do. I'm not going to get distracted by what I think I need to change, I'm going to say, no, I'm holding to Jesus. I'm going to let him keep me where he's got me, and I'm going to look to him. I'm going to find him to be my anchor, and I'm going to hope that there's a future because Jesus has given me that future. He's already there, and he's leading me to it. He's calling me to it, and I'm going to anchor myself to Christ and nothing else. And so when we go on and we look at this a little bit further, Gives us a little bit of a mindset, too, to think about the realities that if Jesus is our anchor, and we look at our present understanding of what hope is, and we look at our earthly hopes, there's a couple things just to keep in mind. I'm going to go through these quickly, but our earthly hopes, they're at best weak wishes projected on what we want the future to be. Our hope is, man, I just wish this would change. I wish this would get better. At best, they aren't attached to anything. We're able just to float through life. We might feel like we're secure. If you've ever been on a body of water that's this big and you can't see land, 
on either side of you, you feel like you're sitting still, but you know you're actually moving pretty quickly. Man, it's the same thing in life. If you are not attached to the anchor that is Jesus Christ, you are not secured to him, then you might feel like you're safe. You might feel like you're secure. You might feel like, hey, I've got hopes and aspirations. I've got desires. They're taking some, me somewhere. I'm anchored to them. They're going to keep me. No, they're going to take you somewhere you don't want to go. You're sitting there just thinking, you know what? We're just hanging out. We're out in the ocean, deep sea fishing. We're going to head back in, you know, to the Outer Banks here in just a few minutes. You start driving. You're just like, wow, this seems pretty far away. Keep driving a little bit further. And you're like, wow, I don't know where land is. And then finally, two days later, you're like, oh, there's land. Oh, wait, it's Cuba, right? You just, all of a sudden, you end up and you're like, how did I get here? It's the same thing in life. If you go through and your hope is based inward of what you can do, it's based on what you can see, it's based on what you can change, you're going to be drifting, you're going to be floating, it's not attached to anything. You don't have the right anchor. And you're going to find yourself in a place that you wish you weren't, and you're going to say, how did I get here? Beyond that, our hopes could be, our earthly hopes can be, Anything less than certain. See, we just hope and we just believe, you know what, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, and I know, man, I I just hope, I wish that it'll be right. Man, you know, I I know our marriage isn't great and I know these things aren't happening the way they should be, but you know what, if I can do this, do this, then you know what, I just hope that it could be right. It's anything but certain. And when we stand in Christ and we say, you know what, I know who he is and I know what he's done for me. I know the things that he has made right in the past and I know what he's calling me to in the future. Then you can stand secure that those things will work out. You're able to have a confidence. You're able to stand secure because you're not just based on something that you can do. It's not based on something that you could just wish to be true. But yet, it's not something that can just maybe happen, maybe not. But yet, it's what Jesus has done. It's a security knowing that Jesus has done all things. He's accomplished all things. And so I hope in Jesus. I look to Jesus. I'm secured in Jesus because, you know what? He's made all things possible. And what he has done, he's going to do in the future. What he has promised, he's going to make true. Our ability to hope is based on who we believe Jesus to be. If we believe in his, that he is the anchor and that all that scripture says he is and all that scripture has done, we believe that to be true and all the promises we've yet to see come true out of the Bible. If we believe that they will come true as the Bible says they will, then he is our anchor and he will keep us where we're supposed to be. All right, so let's move on to this real quick. Another thing just to look at real quick as we think about the anchor There's a chain, there's a rope that connects the anchor to the boat. If the anchor was just thrown out without a rope, if it was thrown out without a chain, the anchor would have no meaning or purpose, right? Right? It would just be ridiculous just to throw out the anchor and just be like, all right, there we go. Well, that's unfortunate, right? That That would just be an absolute waste. Well, here's the deal. If you think about the chain that connects the anchor to the boat, Think about this. As I talked about earlier when I was just opening this up, that each one of us, we have the capacity to hope. Here's the reality of it is, is because each one of us, we've got the capacity, we've got the ability, we are the only species that can do this, that can predict or at least anticipate the future. When we look out, we don't just see what is there in front of us. We don't just take care of these natural things that are in front of us. The human race has the ability to anticipate the future. 
We've got the ability to hope. We've got the ability to say, I see what I see now, but it can be different. That is a gift that God has given us. That is something that is unique, and that is the chain that is able to secure us to Christ. Maybe we've used that ability to hope, that ability to anticipate, maybe that, that idea of, of us to say, you know what, I can see the situation changing. We've used that in the past as a weak sense of wishing. We've used it as a fleeting, just maybe something could change if I. But that chain is something that God has given us. It's a rope that God's given us to secure us to Christ. And so when you look at your life and you see yourself, don't just see yourself as floating and as your situation is hopeless and that there is no way your situation can be fixed. You have what you need. You have the ability to hope and that's a gift that God has given you so that you can secure yourself to Christ. He didn't just give us the ability to be able to hope so that we could just walk around just wandering through this life. He's given us the ability to hope so that we could expect, desire, and believe that something bigger than what we see is possible. That when we look at church and we be a part of this, that when we're standing here, we're not just saying, okay, I feel, I have today filled the values that I need to do. Today I've done my checklist. Today I've done the good moral thing and I've gone to church. But that we're standing here, we have the ability to hope that the creator of the universe is invading space, coming with us to meet with us, to talk with us, to heal us, to encourage us. We have the ability to hope that our situation, as messed up, as jacked up as it might be in this moment, we have the ability to hope that it can be different. And it's not just a maybe, if it, then, ah, uh, I hope, but it's a it will be different. If I look to Jesus Christ, if I hope to Jesus Christ, if I call out to him, if I believe him to be my anchor, it will be different. He's given us the ability to hope, and that is something uniquely that he's given us so that we can attach ourselves to Christ. Lastly, I just want to talk about this just real quick. As you go through and you think about your ability to hope and you think about Jesus being the anchor, what I want to challenge you and encourage you today is, is that this is not just something where we can just walk out today and say, all right, great, I've got every reason to hope, yay, and just walk out the door and expect everything to be different. The message that we attach ourselves to and what I'm talking about is that it's easy for us when we walk out of church, it's easy for us when we look at our situations to say, here's what I got to do, 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 here's what I got to do. It's easy for us to do that. That's what, it's natural for us to do that. But the concept of hope gets lost when we start saying, I wish because I have got to do something. I wish that it could be different, and I've got to figure out what I got to do to make it different concept of Christianity, the reality of Christianity is that Jesus has already done what needs to be done, right? He's already done the whole work. He's already secured himself. He's already set himself up. He's already given us the reality that we have an anchor, something that can keep us where we're supposed to be. And so we need to take that rope and we need to attach it to Christ. So here comes that. If you get that and you understand that first, here comes the doing part, is that we need to start detaching ourselves, from the things that we have previously attached ourselves to as anchors. There's things that we've set up in anchors in our lives that are the wrong anchor for us. We've thought that they're the right anchor, and we've taken those, and we've tied our rope to it. We've thrown them out in the waters and said, you know what? I hope this works, and the anchor sinks to the bottom. It grabs the sand, and the boat just keeps moving. 
We tie our, anchor, or tie our rope to the anchor. We throw it out there. The anchor just hits the bottom. It doesn't even grab. Maybe it grabs for a moment, then it lets go, and we keep finding ourselves in this place, and we say, why in the world does nothing seem to work out? Why in the world do I keep finding myself in the same situation that I've always found myself in? Because we've attached ourselves to the wrong anchor. We've got to put in some work and say, you know what? I know who the anchor is, and I'm going to attach myself to Jesus, and I'm going to start detaching myself from the things that I've set up as the wrong anchor. So we've got to start putting in this work to detach ourselves from that, to be able to go through and say, you know what? My earthly anticipations, the things that I, that I see is my immediate future, my immediate needs. I put them on those situations and say, you know what? That can be my hope. If I could just get that job promotion and then what happens? You get the job promotion and then you find yourself in that place. If I could just, if I could just, if I could just. Man, if I could just graduate college and, and, and find a job and, and move to that place, then, then everything will work out. And then you graduate college and you get the job that you've always wanted and you're working in the office that you've always wanted and you got the coworkers that you've always wanted and you're like, this is awesome, this is amazing. Man, but there's still something missing if I could just have that spouse. And then you get the spouse and you're like, wow, this is great, but not what I thought. And if I could just have kids, maybe it'll be okay. There's always this just and it's fleeting and we keep tying our ropes to this anchor and saying it's going to work. And then we say, no, it's not. And then we find another anchor. What I'm telling you today is that you have to detach yourself from what this world has to offer. You have to detach yourself from the idea that hope is something that you can accomplish. You have to detach yourself from this idea that you can make things right. You have to attach yourself that Jesus Christ himself is the hope of the world. He's the source of our hope. He is the hope and he's the anchor that keeps us secure. And so as the worship team comes up, I just want to share this thought with you as we wind up with this. An anchor is meant to keep you secure, not to remove you. Think about that. If you're out on the water, situations start getting difficult, a storm comes, and it just comes up on you real fast, the worst thing to do is to try to make it out in the middle of the storm. The best thing to do is drop your anchor, hunker down where you are, Trust your anchor is going to keep you where you're supposed to be. The boat was built right. You're not going to tip over. And when the storm's gone, then you're able to move. I think it's interesting that Jesus uses this illustration of himself being the anchor. Because the reality of it is, is that we want Jesus to be something completely opposite. We want Jesus to be the Coast Guard helicopter that comes in and takes us out of our storm that drops down that red buoy and lets us lift it up from the ocean so that way we can be safe. That's what we want Jesus to be. But Jesus says, I'm the anchor of your soul. When there's difficult situations going on and there's storms present in your life, it's not for you to go and say, what do I need to change? Where do I need to go? What can I fix? What can I say differently? How can I do something differently? Your job is to say, Jesus is the anchor of my soul, and I'm going to anchor to him. But that means Jesus is going to keep me in the storm. He's going to keep me where I'm at right now. Yeah, he is. You know why? Because in that storm, he's going to do something in you that you would never be able to experience and grow from otherwise. In that storm, he's going to shape your character. He's going to shape everything about you to become more like him. 
But if you take your rope and you anchor yourself to something else in this world, what you do is you become more like yourself instead of more like Christ. Yeah, you're going to go through storms. You're going you're gonna to even see and experience that God allows storms, that he welcomes storms into your life. And you're sitting there saying, God, get me out of the storm. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm the anchor that keeps you secure in that storm. And if you go through that storm, you're going to know me like you've never known me before. You're going to see a truth that you've never seen before. That thing that you've always held on to as anchor that's always gotten you to the wrong place, you're going to let it go, and you're never going to have to tie yourself to that again. You're going to find freedom. You're going to find the ability to know this life that I've called you to live. You're going to know me as the anchor of your soul. If we go back to Romans chapter 15 that we opened up with, I pray that God, the source of hope will fill you completely. My challenge for you as we start this sermon series about this project, Hope. We've got a hope to offer because we know him who is hope. There are things that we have to do to grow in a relationship with God. Those things are not a source of hope. There are things that are wrong and there's the things that are right. If we choose to do all the things that are right, but we don't secure ourselves in Christ and find them as something that we can do because of Christ, we're going to float everywhere and anywhere. But if we anchor ourselves to Christ, He's going to keep us where we're supposed to be. He's going to keep us in His presence. He's going to keep us there with Him. And when you're in that place, no matter what the storm is, no matter what the situation is, God will fill you with joy. He will fill you with peace. He will fill you and show you that you have a capacity to hope for a future that you could only wish to be true, but now you can see through Christ that it will be. That it will be. So today, as a church, what I want us to do, what I want us to be encouraged in, is that when we walk out of this place today, that we don't just say, you know what, I've got an idea of who God is, and I got an idea of what Christ has done for me, but I want us to walk out knowing that he's our source of hope. And the only way to do that is to say, God, you're my everything. The only way to do that is to anchor yourself to him, to take that rope, take that ability to see the future and be unwilling to see the future without Christ. If you look at your situation right now, whatever it may be, however devastating and hopeless it might be, if you put Jesus in there, in the anchor of that situation, you can look at it and say, I now have an ability to hope that it could be what I never thought it could be. And that hope is not a wish, that hope is a confident, absolute expectation that it will happen. If you look in the Webster Dictionary, Hope means a feeling that something could happen or that we could have an expectation of a desired outcome. If you look in the Bible, the Greek word for hope is a confident expectation that God will save. That's what hope is. Hope is not a wish. Hope is not a desire for something that we can do or that we can change. Hope is a confident expectation that God will save. 
that God has saved and God will redeem, God will heal, God will change, God will restore. It's a confident hope that through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. So this morning, I want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm just going to close out and just pray. And then we're going to just walk out of this place and say, you know what, I'm ready. God, I'm ready to hope. I'm ready to give hope. I'm ready to share hope. Not based off of what I feel. God, based off of what I know. What I know to be true in Jesus. And God, I just pray right now, if there's in any of us a doubt, an insecurity of what we believe to be true of Christ, if there's something in us that we say, I just don't know, I can't hope, I, I want to, but I, I just don't know. God, I pray right now that something spoken today will be a seed that's planted. And God, that you will come in and you will water that. God, that you will speak to it. God, I pray that today, Lord, that people will be set free. God, they will begin to detach themselves from the things that they find to be true, the things that they find as security, the things that they find as a reason to hope. And God, they will attach themselves to Christ. And they will find you to be a true, secure anchor that holds them tight, that holds them safe, that holds them where they're supposed to be in this life. God, that you are the anchor between what has happened and what you did for us on the cross and what is and what is promised to be in the future through Jesus. God, he is the anchor and we need to be attached to him. And so God, I pray that today that you will help us, that you will secure us, that you will encourage us to walk out with a full sense of confidence, that you will be our source of hope. God, I know there's people in this place and I'm one of them. I laughed that we're starting this series off and the series was even something that I even was a part of the idea of creating it. And in my own life and my own feelings right now, it's hard to hope. And God, I know there's many of us in here, God, that are in that place. It's hard to hope. Because of our situations, because of what's going on, just can't see it. But there's something in us that you've given us it gives us the ability to hope. And God, I pray that we take that as a, as a source, take that as the, the rope that you've given us to secure ourselves to Christ. And God, that we make you the source of our hope. And that we begin to see a glimpse of the future that is possible in Christ. God, that we celebrate that, that we chase after it, and we do not relinquish our grip, our hope, our joy that is found in Jesus Christ. God, help us walk out today knowing there is hope, a confident hope, and that hope is Jesus. Let it change everything we do and feel. Lord, we love you and praise you. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Have a great week. See you back next week.